Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host Chris Broad, we're joined as always by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself, Pete out the devil. How are you doing? What's going down? I'm good, baby. I am currently um, looking out into my garden. I'm in, I'm in the cabin the down, the, down the end of the road and uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just eyeing up. The decking. We've got a bit of dick it, decking, sorry, decking in our... <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of dicking going on spat in out my, my garden. Coffee. Uh, there's a bit of decking in, in my garden, and uh, it's just been absolutely destroyed by the rain and elements, salt water off the sea, and it's. Uh, I just need to replace the decking, Chris, and I don't know the first thing about decking. <laughs> I don't know. I, or we, dicking. We, or dicking or decking. We, 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 we spoke <laughs> about, I don't know anything about the second-hand car market in the last uh, show, uh, and now I'm just looking at that going, I know nothing about wood, wood treatment, or how to get things fixed, Chris. So uh, that's I, 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 there's just there's not a single day goes by that I don't walk past something in my house and go, that's going to be down to me to fix, and I am not capable in this area. <laughs> I mean, you're... Too busy driving around in your brand new Jaguar, no doubt, rocketing <sighs> through the streets of England. It's got a CD player. It does actually have a CD player. <laughs> oh, very nice. Really? <laughs> Is that still a thing? Well, it CD was. It was in 2014 oh. when the car came out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, was it even 2014? Oh, you, I mean, you, you really hedging your bets if you put a CD player in a car, surely? Even 10 years ago. <laughs> I think. I think the old ways are coming back. As somebody I mentioned last week got a record player, just spent a small fortune on records. When I was in um, Tower Records in uh, Shibuya the other day, I, pick up, uh, I picked up a um, cassette for Tatsuro Yamashita, my favourite city pop artist. That was so cool, holding a cassette. It's a brand new release as well, right? This yeah. wasn't like rummaging through the bucket, the bargain bucket bin in the corner. This was like a brand new released cassette, which suggests <laughs> there's still demand for cassettes in Japan. Um, <laughs> but I loved it. I, it's something tactile and exciting about holding things which i've forgotten you know sitting here with my smartphone which you can put videos music on you forget that once upon a time you needed shelves an awful lot of shelves <laughs> to fit your dvds on your cassettes your vhs whatever it felt, so it felt really cool going in the record store just picking up all these records and uh, yeah yeah i think cd could come back well, that's not quite the same is it it's not quite records well i guess Imagine all, the, LP all the cds car, that, all the cds that all the cities that um kind of came out in the sort of late nineties are already rotten. So you, you've got to be really, you can't really sort of 
True. You can't really sort of uh, keep things keep things working. Keep things working, Chris. Mm, mm. A lot of effort, isn't it? <laughs> it's I, a lot I mean, effort. I do feel a sense of guilt when I buy like a, a record that's been around 20, 30, 40 years and somebody's sort of been the steward of looking after that record and now it's in my hands <laughs> and I'm a moron and it's probably going to get destroyed and I feel kind of like, should I buy this? This is a piece of history. The fucking <laughs> Muppets Christmas Carol soundtrack on vinyl. You know, this is yeah. a piece of history and I don't want to, I don't want to damage it. Um, but I, <laughs> yeah, when I, uh, I'm, I'm drinking my cold brew coffee, we've discovered how to make cold brew coffee or rather Charlotte did. And I nearly spat out all over my screen while you were mentioning dicking about in the garden. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, on, the, on about two episodes ago, I mentioned the release of the Journey Across Japan trailer, right, for uh, Journey Across Japan and Frozen Frontier. And interestingly, it's doing really badly because YouTube's not promoting it right. because there's uh, the, the scene of Natsuki as a hitman at the start, I think, uh, has, um, right, okay, yeah. has done something and uh. made it sort of suppressed. So don't. Don't put Natsuki as a hitman. In Don't the put Natsuki as a hitman. Don't give him Natsuki a gun. Right? <laughs> Usually, a video would clock up about four to five hundred thousand views in yeah. twenty-four to thirty-six hours. Yeah, we struggled to get two hundred thousand views on that video. So when YouTube pulls back, or th- they call it throttling, when YouTube decides it doesn't want to promote your video, my God, it has quite an impact. Yeah. It's very scary. So yeah, but you've got to really got to. Bloody be careful with YouTube. I remember speaking to Joey about it when he covered a lot of anime and hentai stuff in his videos, and like every single one of his videos was demonetized. But and you've had a similar few issues as well, haven't you, with the Wrestle Me podcast? Yeah, or I was mean, that more copyright. Yeah, but I mean, we've um, we, we, it's quite hard to sort of like we have very little data about what we, but we've got an analyst full time uh, at Stack, and he's been working on it on a few different things, and and um. We are. We sort of set them to work to look at the WrestleMe kind of um, YouTube figures and stuff. And I mean, the only kind of like data we got was uh, the one that we did about the, um, the the sexual exploitation about one of the wrestlers. Weirdly, um, was the one that oh everyone seems to click on. Um, but that doesn't mean that they click on any other shows, uh, any other sort of um, videos on the channel, basically. So they're basically saying, right, lean into this, lean into that. And so we leaned into different things and um, nothing came of it, really. And it's quite hard to sort of like, sometimes you just got to use your gut, I think, more than actually following mm. the, the, the data a little bit because you're, you're usually right, <laughs> I would say. Mm. <laughs> oh, I mean, dear. the best way to think of YouTube these days is not so much channels, but just videos right yeah a channel that's brand new can have a hit video with a million views mm. but the next video will fall flat and yeah. it all hinges on the video youtube doesn't really discriminate on number of subscribers anymore and in essence like the number of subscribers is kind of irrelevant in many ways like i'm very proud and glad that two million three million people almost follow abroad in japan but yeah. it you know i i get about a million to one point Four million on average, yeah, on the video, and like the YouTube channel, YouTube doesn't just promote my videos any more than that. So no. it's kind of exciting, liberating to new YouTubers. I think you can get a good start, but it's also quite daunting for long-standing folks such as myself that we can't necessarily make the videos you want to make. You have to sort of think of the the um, the algorithm and what will do well and what people want to click on. Yeah, um, I say everyone always says algorithm, but really it's kind of just people. Yeah. People click on things, or people don't click on things. But the fact YouTube suppressed the video in this case suggests it is the algorithm. 
So fuck you, YouTube. Fuck you, algorithm. From Gem. (laughs) Damn you (laughs) Uh, for getting violence ruining my videos. Uh, To to be fair, eh, it's not for everyone. Uh, All the best. We got one from uh, Gem from Brisbane, Australia this week. Hello, Chris and Pete. In a recent episode, you spoke about restaurants with low ratings on Google Maps, and it brought up traumatic flashbacks from my trip in October last year. Two friends and I had been at, uh, and just for some background, we d- I did my last video that came out was about food in Japan uh, on a budget, and we went to a sushi restaurant to see what we could get for $10. And only afterwards did I discover it was the worst rated sushi restaurant in like North Japan, and there was photos of cockroaches everywhere. So yeah, do always look at the reviews, trust me on that. Uh, if I'd seen that photo, I wouldn't have gone there. Um, but two friends and I had been at Universal Studios for the day, and we're absolutely ravenous, so we decided to get dinner outside the park before leaving. Every restaurant was packed, but we lived by the rule of, if it has a line, it's probably worth it. So we <laughs> eagerly got in line for a soba shop with displays of soba noodles, tempura, and uh, katsudon in the window. After waiting for 45 minutes, we were almost at the front, and I tried to find a menu online so we could order as soon as we entered. I was horrified to find they had 1.7 stars on Google Maps. That's very, very low. I mean, for some reference, I think the god-awful sushi restaurant with cockroaches had just 2.3. Uh, but my friends insisted that they needed to eat now, and anything would be fine. I ordered katsudon, which is breaded pork, uh, thinking not much could go wrong. What came out was closer to t- tamago kake gohan, literally raw egg. Oh. on rice. Oh there was a sloppy mess of rice with raw egg mixed throughout the entire bowl and a pork <laughs> cutlet with breadcrumbs as soggy as the rice and cold in the middle. <laughs> I suspect they'd attempted to reheat it in the microwave, but I couldn't even manage to do they couldn't even manage to do that correctly. Out of all three set meals, none of us had a single dish that was edible. I now obsessively Google every restaurant I go to before entering and recommend that anyone eating near USJ Avoid the sober shop like the plague. All the best, guys. Jim from Brisbane, Australia. <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty awful. But I mean, it. it yeah, that's, I mean, it's it's one of those places, though, isn't it? That caters for like people bundling out of the theme park rather than quality cooking. But my God, that sounds bad. How comfortable Have I am with eating eating raw egg has has very much increased <laughs> as I've gotten older. It's like I'm mm. from the generation, and probably you are to a less extent, of salmonella. the uh, salmonella crisis in the UK. Um, it's the yeah. sort of thing that, to be honest, um, the US has weekly from different places because of their um, USDA regs <laughs> aren't quite as Indeed. tight as the European ones. But um, mm. but we we had a very very big uh, egg egg salmonella uh, issue in the uh, late eighties early nineties, I think. And everyone was just gone. They just did not eat eggs unless they were very, very, very well cooked. Um, and it was a very dry, boring few years. And now I'm like, I'll have a half-cooked egg. I'll have a blooming, I'll have an omelette that's half, like scrambled egg that's half half cooked and half not. It's great stuff. <laughs> when we say raw egg in Japan, it's not half-cooked. It is like a raw egg, right? Um, and you sort of break the egg yourself, you whisk it and then dunk it over your rice with a bit of soy sauce. And I actually really like it. It's really nice with breakfast here. Like, it's a really nice start to the day. Yeah. Um, but, my God, the first sort of year or so of doing that, being here, I was like, am I going to die eating this? Is this a thing? <laughs> yeah. What is it? Like, but it's bloody good. Um, and it seems like the real culprit here was a sloppy mess of rice and breadcrumbs. 
So, yeah. yeah. Be careful where you go. Be careful where you go. Or, or genuinely, I would always say, and I do it now, if I'm going in a restaurant, before, even if my foot is like halfway through the door, I'll be like, wait, pull back, and we'll get the <coughs> phone out, go on Google and check that it's edible. And know this, though, like I generally try and only go in restaurants that will have a 4.1 rating or up. But in Japan, they're very um, brutal on ratings. I yeah. asked Ryota about this because like most ratings are sort of three stars. But that means it's really good, and that means it's actually decent. Yeah. So Ryotaro said that in Japan, like three stars means it's it's good and you should go. But four stars is like wow, and five stars is get out of here epiphany. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've never seen higher than a four point eight. I think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so just just be careful of that. Um, but speaking of garbage food, we've got a story about <laughs> nice garbage money. Garbage um, a money. Much more tantalizing story. Yeah. What have you got for us Delicious this week, Mr. eggy What's money. Um, I mean, Chris, I don't know about <laughs> you. I, I don't know how often you go down to the um, the, the, the tip, uh, the, the recycling day. center uh, in, in your town, but I go every couple of weeks and I love seeing what people have thrown away from car batteries to books to Rubbing golf clubs away. to just, you know, uh, uh, interwall um, insulation. I just love seeing what people have thrown away. But. Um, the, the, this guy, this guy, uh, a worker on January the 30th with, was separating recyclable paper from the rest of the burnable trash uh, recycled from Nishiward and Taini Ward, Taini, Taini Ward. Uh, it was there that they found the ultimate in recyclable paper and reported it to the city. Uh, <laughs> my goodness. They found 10 million yen in the garbage yeah. at a collection facility in Sapporo. Jesus. 10 million Yen. As is the law in Japan, a three-month period started from that day for the original owner to come forward and claim the 10 million yen. How much is that in uh, normal money, in dollars and pounds? Mm, I'm going to say $80,000. $80,000. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Imagine how many eggs you could buy with that. Uh, Yeah, there was... (laughs) uh, So during that time, in that three-month period, there were 16 attempts to do so, with claims from people saying they accidentally dropped 10 million yen wrapped in a newspaper or that a family member suffering from dementia may have accidentally thrown it away. However, in each case, the claimants were unable to accurately describe the money or the condition it was found in. Uh, So on April 30th, my birthday, uh, ownership was given to Sapporo City. Happy birthday, Sapporo City. Uh, And uh, there's just so (laughs) many uh, people on the the comments in the newspapers and stuff saying, uh, nothing for the person who found it. They should have at least pocketed it. I'm not saying give the person all of it, but at least a reward for being honest about it. I think it's better just to return it to the Bank of Japan to be disposed of. It feels strange for anyone to profit from it. I mean, so basically people are torn between it should be disposed of or the person who found it should uh, get a a fair dealing. Uh, And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's, when you think about it, letting the worker have the money is a great incentive for them to do a thorough job or just... Leave the job and do something else. Because <laughs> he's got 80 grand in his pocket. <laughs> I think they should have given it to birthday boy Pete Donaldson. What better way to celebrate his birthday yeah, and all so. the media attention he's brought to Sapporo. I mean, I wonder. I, it, it's entirely possible that someone with dementia did it. And, you know, people in Japan, they do keep a lot of money, particularly elderly people, like keep the money in their house. Like, I don't know if you remember when the, uh, the tsunami hit. A lot of cash. Yeah was destroyed because people keep cash under their beds and stuff at home in Japan. They're very much a cash society. So, yeah, yeah I, I rather than some sort of salacious 
criminal underworld dealings or something like that. Mm. It is probably just a massive error, um, which is kind of sad. And I, do, you know, you do wonder if some of those people turned up trying to get it. Yeah. Do you think they actually it was their money? Can you? But I mean, you could just lie <laughs> quite easily. Oh yeah, yeah. I withdrew all my money and I, oh, I just left it in a bag and I, I forgot. <laughs> forgot Whoops. about it. Yeah. Can I have the money? Can I have the money back? <laughs> Give me the money now. Yeah. But like that would suck if it was actually your money. That would suck immensely. It doesn't suck. Some... It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, it would. Su- I mean, it would suck. And then you'd be like, "Well, I, I just, I'm, I'm never going to get it back. I've got to say goodbye to it." It's, it's a lot of money to say goodbye to, isn't it? But if you've got that kind of money kicking around, maybe you've got other bags full of money. Yeah. You knows? never know. I'm more curious as to how Sapro are going to blow <laughs> it. I think for that kind of money, you could buy another squid, just like uh, they did in Kanazawa. Yes. You could get a gigantic squid. Those big old. Yes, <laughs> I forgot about that. I think I saw a video on that recently. The was it eighty thousand dollars they spent on the giant squid in in um yeah Kanazawa or it was about it was. that yeah definitely. And I I read an article or saw a video uh, last week uh, where they had the last laugh because it had turned out people had gone to look at the eighty thousand dollars squid. No, it was two hundred thousand dollars. It's a too much. It's more expensive squid, than you it? think. Such there an expensive go. squid. But maybe it worked. And and also <laughs> that means the ten million yen. Won't cover the cost of the squid, so that ain't going to happen. God, that's depressing. $200,000 on a giant squid. <laughs> but there you go, guys. Never know what... I, I, a friend of mine did find some money on the street recently. People 80 grand? Seem to throw cash. <laughs> Wasn't quite 80 grand, no. but it was enough for a night out, I think. And I don't think he returned it. Oh, that's um, a shame. <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment, guys. We'll have stories, comments, and questions in the fax machine. But always return the money. Be nice. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners? Oh, let's have a rattle through some uh, questions. Uh, Brad from Brisbane, Australia. Hi, Cunning Chris and Perceptive Pete. I'm a uni student going on a short-term exchange to Japan to study at a unit at Shinjuku campus over the course of two weeks in summer this year. Just wanted to ask if there were any places in or around Tokyo or accessible by bullet train you might recommend visiting, excuse me, if I only have a weekend or two free between studying. So, Tokyo, accessible by bullet train. Where would you visit? Give us your top two, Chris. Uh, I mean... Wait, what? I want to ask... Places in Tokyo or accessible by bullet train you recommend visiting... I don't know. Everything's... I've never been anywhere outside of Tokyo. <laughs> but surely everything's kind of like... It depends on how much how much time you want to spend sort of getting anywhere. But like Osaka's two and a half, in it? On the quick train, um, as discussed on yeah. previous shows. But uh, yeah. I mean, the weekend's a good chunk of time, though. You could go anywhere, actually. Yeah. You could genuinely go anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Depends what you want to do. <laughs> if you want a good night out, go to Osaka. If you want to experience the culture and look at where I once opened a bar. Go to Kyoto. Mm. If you want to eat some beef, go to Kobe. If you want to rummage around some mountains, go to Yamagata. <laughs> I, can't, I mean, I, I never recommend it, but I would recommend going to Yamagata. Mm. It's funny, I've been in Tokyo only three, two, three weeks now. Yeah. And I'm already like, oh, I need to go and see the mountains now. Because you do feel sort of entrapped in a city, right? Unlike you, yeah. this is my first time like living in a proper big city. Right. You've lived in London, right in the heart of it. And I don't think you ever felt that way. But I feel, as somebody who's spent their entire life kind of in the countryside or near it, like mm. Sendai, where you could literally see mountains and trees from your window, um, to be in a big city with no easy access to the countryside, I feel like I need to escape and I need my weekend away. Yeah, and I'm looking at the mountains, but like, did you ever feel like that living in London? Um, Probably not. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit of a city head. I think I think uh, I think moving. I, I'm starting to appreciate the 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 calm. I'm 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 appreciating forests and you know golf courses <laughs> where I can walk my dogs and stuff and and beaches and stuff. I'm starting to appreciate the the finer things in life. But uh, yeah, I've always been kind of like I like the hustle and bustle. I like the um, the accessibility, I like the fun times, but you know, as you get older, you sort of go, "Oh, it's actually quite good to see other stuff." Really, <laughs> fair point. Hmm. I mean, what what drives the great Pete Donaldson? What's your motivation? <laughs> What's your guiding star? What do you use as a sort of what do you mean? Where you... Guide, really? <laughs> it's a guide. I don't know. I if, just... if we're on the great ship Donaldson, yeah. how do you chart? The stormy seas. How do you, chart the stormy How do you decide seas? which way? I would say, yeah, but like every, going. like you got to remember though, if if that person's going from Australia to uh, Tokyo, <laughs> they're probably not having uh, terrible jet lag. So I think the only trips I've ever taken to Japan have always been like, ah, oh, no jet lagged. I'll just, I'll have a sleep here, and then I'll have a sleep here, and I'll get drunk here, and I'll have a dance here, and it's it's all just very much kind of like living for the weekend a little bit, and sort of going right, we've got mm-hmm. Osaka for the weekend, lovely old job, fantastic. Lots of fun. Mm, fair <laughs> point, fair point. Well, if you've got only two weeks, I'd say go and have a look around Kyoto and then go and look at some nature. Actually, go to Takayama. I did a, yeah. a post recently on um, Patreon about underrated places to visit, and one of the places uh, was Takayama, and everyone there raved about it, and mm. I love it too. It's a lovely city in the mountains. Let's go there now. Brilliant. Uh, we've got a story or a question from Adam. From Leeds, he says, hello, Chris and Pete. My wife hasn't 
the greatest mobility following a recent operation a few years ago. I know Japan is vast, and I really don't want her to miss out on anything. So we plan to get a mobility chair. Is public transport generally uh, disabled friendly? And will there be access to public toilets? Are there many elevators around? Thanks for taking the time to read this. Adam from Leeds. Yes, Adam, you're mm, in luck. Uh, very good for mobility, Japan, um, because of the Olympics, even pre-Olympics. Japan, very good with infrastructure, very good with, I think, every toilet uh, that I can think of in public spaces has a disabled toilet mm. in between men and women. Um, so you're good there. And there's always elevators. So, yeah, I'd say far more than the UK. Uh, you're going to have a lot more. It's going to be a lot easier. And there's, and there's more like, and there's more sort of people stuff. around, isn't there? Like even sort of getting on the tube, and you know, obviously the tube's very hustly and bustly and, and busy and stuff, and the accessibility isn't oh, great yeah. on the you know Yamanote no. and stuff. But every um, every uh, set of gates has an attendant who can help you through the bigger That's gates true. and stuff. So there's there's just always there's just a lot more people employed to look after you. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, so yeah. You, you do have a little bit more help here and there. I mean, God, how do people with disabilities get around the London Underground? Just mm. thinking of the platforms, right? There's often not elevator lift access. You've got to like go down stairs onto these really narrow little entranceways and yeah. narrow platforms. Compared to Japan, like it's awful. Like Japan, because everything's kind of modern, right? Most stations are built relatively recently here. They do take that into consideration in a way they didn't in 1897 yeah. when they built the fucking underground in London. So. Yeah, don't worry. I think Japan, one of the best countries on earth to get around um, if you have any form of disability. Um, so, yeah, best of luck to you guys, Adam. Have a great trip. Uh, we've got one last one from Maz from Montreal. He says, yo, what up, bozos? <laughs> the dichotomy of greetings in every message. My everlasting love for you uh, grows stronger with each episode. Thank you very much. Anyway, I wanted to ask, what's the best way to find short-term housing in Japan? Are there any sites you'd recommend or other methods like newspaper classifieds? I assume there's still a lot of old people with apartments for rent who refuse to move into the digital <laughs> age. Thank you, Maz from Montreal. Probably right. Um, I'm, there's, there's a few places. Uh, Black Ship Realty, probably the best one. Um, they're, they're pretty good. Black Ship Realty. We've had them on the show. We did have them on the show. Yeah. And Alex is a good friend. Um, he's got the YouTube channel, Take A Portfolio. Honestly, if I have anything real estate based i just grab him and get him to do it because he knows what he's doing um and also it helps that he's a foreigner because yeah. it's kind of like a tricky thing to negotiate property and real estate crap in japan it's mm. a right headache um so that's one way but there are lots of houses um increasingly i've seen uh overseas folks buying houses in japan for knockdown prices so probably not a short-term housing solution <laughs> but you can get a house in Japan, the countryside, for $10,000 or less, which is astonishing. Um, Eight million empty houses in Japan, more than I think any oh, other dear. country on earth. Don't quote me on that, but the figure was eight million. Mm. But uh, yeah, hit them up. Black Ship Realty, they're pretty good, Maz. Just Google them, look them up, or look up the YouTube channel, Tokyo Portfolio. Um, that's pretty much it from us today, guys. Journey Across Japan kicks off this week. The first episode should be out now, so go and check it out over on the Abroad Japan channel. Hopefully that didn't get buggered like the trailer did, because <laughs> um, that would be very sad. A lot of time and resources went into that video. Uh, but check it out. We've got dog sledding. We've got a ice city, ice village. I suppose there's a big difference between ice city and ice village. It's ice village, but it's pretty cool. They had a, a frozen convenience store, which sounded sounds a lot better than the reality, mm. given that most of the drinks in the ice convenience store 
were frozen solid and you couldn't drink them. So <laughs> bear that in mind. But yeah, it's a good video. Check it out, guys. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great few days. We'll see you right back here to do it all over again on the Abroad Japan Channel podcast. Oh my God. It's <laughs> a podcast, not a channel. See you later, guys. Get out of here. Pete Dolson kills me. Bye. Bye. Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at moonpig.com. Moonpig.com